Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine coming to you with a weekly podcast of the Common Sense MD. Today I'm going to talk about something everybody needs to know about, how to be prepared for an emergency. Use your common sense with this and stay calm. But, you know, being a doctor for so many years and working in and out of hospitals and ERs and plus just being out in the public. I've had to perform CPR a couple times outside of the hospital. Uh, But anyway, so I thought it's springtime. It's a good time to kind of get prepared to help your neighbor or family in case of an emergency. Um, One of the the viewers on our Q&A session asked me about CPR, and uh, so I'm going to go over a little bit of that. But uh, anyway, just some practical tips on how to save a life. The first thing, you know, that I would think about in preparing for an emergency to think about really is automobile accidents. You know, that's especially for younger people, that's you're most likely to have a problem, get injured or die in a car accident. And there's one thing I want to tell you, besides driving safely, not drinking or taking drugs or smoking marijuana while you drive, um, and wearing your seatbelt and, and being a responsible driver, um, the most important thing I think you can do to avoid getting killed in an accident is when you approach an intersection. You, here's what you should do. You should look left, and then you should look to your right, and then look to your left again. Very important. Because by the time that you look to your left, look to your right, a car may be approaching from the left. Believe me, in being a longtime bicyclist and also ride motorcycles, I know this. You have to watch out. It's probably not going to be your fault, but still, you're going to get the one, the one that's going to get slammed. So please look left, right, and then left again before you venture out into that intersection. Um, I hope that helps, and please tell Tell your kids about this, too, and friends. Um, You know, in a car wreck, if you come upon a car wreck, which we all have, you need to learn the ABCs. You need to make sure somebody's airway is open. You need to control bleeding and circulation. Um, You need to stabilize the neck and the head in case of a head or neck injury. Always assume there's going to be one. So keep that neck and head stabilized, kind of like we do on the football field. If somebody, we suspect a, a cervical fracture. So be careful about that and um, make sure help is called. And make sure you have some other people there helping until the uh, EMS guys get there. Um, one thing I'm a big fan of, and, and really you're more likely to save somebody's life by taking care of an allergic reaction, whether that be a bee sting or a food allergy. Some people can die by eating a shrimp. Um, so you need to have, I'm, I'm a big fan of having your own medical kit around. I think everybody should, and an emergency kit as well. You know, you don't have to have a, an allergy to bees yourself to carry around an EpiPen or something like it to save somebody's life because I think with an EpiPen, you're more likely to save somebody's life than, than about anything you do. Um, and believe me, for a guy who's been in anaphylactic shock, it's a lifesaver. It certainly saved my life um, when I had an anaphylactic reaction. 
many years ago when I was in medical school. Um, so, and the thing about um, EpiPens is they're expensive um, and they run out of date, even though you should still use it if it's slightly out of date, still use it. Um, but you can actually get a very cheap little vial, one-use vial of epinephrine and a little insulin needle and pull it up yourself to 0.3 is the average dose and inject that sub-Q um, and it'll save a life. You can repeat that every five minutes if needed, but make sure if somebody's having some kind of reaction like that, you have somebody call EMS because they could relapse into it. So don't think you save their life and send them home. Make sure EMS checks them out. They may need to go to the hospital. Um, but anyway, snake bite. I talked to somebody the other day whose son had been bitten by a snake. And they came through it pretty well, but uh, they learned a lot. And we talked about it, things, do's and don'ts. It's mostly don't. The one thing you want to do is keep calm. Um, wash it with soap and water. Get to the hospital. Um, do not put a tourniquet on it. Do not cut it or try to suck the venom out. Do not put ice on it. There's anti-venom at the hospital. So on the way to the hospital, if it's you driving them, call ahead and make sure which hospital has the anti-venom. You know, EMS may be picking you up or whoever gets bit. But this is fairly common around here, mostly copperheads. Um, rattlesnakes are a lot worse. Those are the two you worry about in certainly our uh, East Tennessee area. But um, I've seen some nasty snake bites. Um, dog bites. One of the members of my family recently bitten by a dog pretty badly um, for the second time. So you have to be careful around dogs. Um, you know, you really, you really do, unless it's your dog and you know exactly who it is. You just can't trust them, especially if you put your face down there, your face or neck, because they could actually kill you and certainly cause a lot of disfiguration and, and problems. So what you need to do after a dog bite is clean it with soap and water and see a doctor. Um, another kind of thing I thought about, um, you know, we live in a dangerous world. I mean, there's a lot of homicides. There's a lot of fighting that goes on. You know, nothing good happens after midnight, um, in my opinion, unless you have to be out. But uh, just don't put yourselves in situations where you, you could get into problems. And if you're about to get in a fight, you can take the advice of many of these MMA guys and, you know, professional fighters. The best thing you can do, even the best thing they can do, is run. Avoid a fight if you can. Somebody's going to get hurt. It's probably going to be you. Um, but anyway, um, and certainly gun safety is way up there. there there's so many more homicides now. Um, so just don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and don't be afraid to run from physical harm. There's no shame in that. Um, let's go over CPR. You know, you're likely in your lifetime to come ac across a cardiac arrest you know i've come across many you're you're, you're probably going it's probably going to happen uh to somebody you know or, or maybe you're at a ball game or somewhere you're going to have to perform cpr at some point you need to be kind of ready for it i think you should take the class you know you don't need to take acls but basic cpr you need to take and you know you can just take some tips 
also, which I'll give you. If somebody, of course, is in cardiac arrest, you come upon them, first thing you do, of course, you yell for help, have somebody call EMS, administer CPR, then if they're in the right type of rhythm, and these things are automatic now, uh, defibrillators are very helpful. They save lives. You've seen it many times. Make sure then the ambulance ride, then the hospital trip. Um, but if you're doing CPR, and you can Google this or you know, just get familiar with it, on an adult, an average size adult, you're going to put your, your heel on, on one hand on top of the other, and in their, right in their mid-chest area, you're going you're gonna to pump them. And you need to go about two inches deep, much further than you think you may. I mean, I've done CPR many times on people. I've cracked a few ribs uh, too, but you don't need to worry about that a whole lot. But an average of two inch of depth um, on an adult. Two things remember, push hard and push fast. You need to give 100 to 120 compressions a minute. Um, you know, if you're untrained, you, you really, they're recommending now that a, a bystander of untrained people should do compressions only. You do not need to breathe for them. Now, professionals probably should give them a, a breath or two, and that ratio is 30 compressions to two breaths. But unless you're trained to do this, Really, they may do better without it anyway, because if somebody collapses and goes into cardiac arrest, they really, the body's still saturated with oxygen. Um, and the main thing you need to worry about is circulation, moving the circulation around, because you only have about five minutes before that brain starts dying. So move the circulation. Don't worry about the breathing, um, but do the compressions. Um, very important. Now, there is a little bit better survivability if they're breathed after a certain amount of time, so keep that in mind, too, if somebody's around that can help you. Um, so there are exceptions. A non, if you're not sure, if you just come along somebody and they're in cardiac arrest and you're not sure how long they've been in cardiac arrest, you could give them a couple of uh, breaths and it probably helps somewhat. So if it's unwitnessed, you're not sure how long, um, there's an exception. And really, in children and infants, um, it's usually not a cardiac arrest. It's usually a respiratory arrest. So breathing for them is important. And in infants, you know, you can, um, there's a little different technique, but uh, you just have to use the two fingers and press in the precordial chest area, and you don't have to go. Uh, but about a half an inch. Um, you could do damage, but again, you need to get that circulation and their respirations going. Another exception are drowning victims. They, they need breathing, uh, and then the, the typical CPR. You can save lives of drowning victims. And remember, if anybody's ever cold or in cold water, you can get them to the hospital. You don't stop CPR until their body temperature is normal. I've seen this several times. And uh, they've come back around after 30, 45 minutes submerged in cold water. Um, another, so CPR, learn it, be ready to use it, but make sure somebody's on their way to help. And, and don't hesitate about um, putting that defibrillator on them. Um, 
because it's pretty easy. It's, it's just going to read the rhythm, and if it's right, it'll defibrillate it. So um, choking victims, you know, you're, you're likely to see somebody that's choking as well. Probably more likely to see that than in a cardiac arrest, to be honest with you. The highest risk people for choking are young children and elderly. Um, so when you come to somebody and you think they're choking, they're usually going to be holding the choke sign. And don't ask them if they're okay. They're not okay. They can't talk. They can't even cough. So if they're talking to you, and kind of, don't give them the hymic maneuver. Um, that's not the first thing you need to do anyway. But So don't ask if they're choking. Ask them to cough. If they're in distress, just plead with them. Cough, try to cough it up. If it's not working, then you need to ask them, can I help you? Of course, they're going to nod their head if they're with it still. But the first thing you do is not the high maneuver. The first thing you need to do is bend them over at the waist and give them five very forceful um, pounds on their back while they're leaned over. Not in an upright position. You could have it move further into the trachea. So they're bent over at a 90-degree angle, and you're hitting them right with the heel of your hand pretty hard, um, right between the shoulder blades. Do five of those. If that doesn't do it, you check them after each one. If that doesn't do it, then you can do the Heimlich maneuver, which is where you put your fist in their right below their diaphragm and you thrust in an upward and inward motion. You're behind grabbing them like that while they're bent over. And a lot of times you'll be successful with this. I've seen it happen. So give them five thrust and but don't don't use that Heimlich maneuver if they're less than one year old. You're usually gonna give them the precordial chest thrush thrush thrushes. But anyway, um and if no results and they're out, you got to start CPR with breathing. So remember that. Um, there are now some anti-choking devices out there. One of them is called LifeVac. The other one is called D-Choker. Um, that really act like plungers. Um, they suck the object out of the airway. Um, it's really a last resort. I think you should try the, the back um, and the abdominal thrust before you do that. I think you're, they're more proven to work. And about 80% of the time, those do work. But the, those um, plungers are out there if you want to get one, if you're worried about it. But um, and if a patient's extremely obese or pregnant, you, you're probably going to have to go up higher on the chest if you do the Heimlich and uh, use that a little bit higher uh, on the chest thrust. But you can always do the back beat. Remember that. Um, as a last resort, I hope you never have to do this, but it's called cricothyrotomy. And that's where you cut them right below the Adam's apple. And you can, you can insert a large gauge needle or even a straw in there. I mean, that's a last ditch effort. And hopefully by that time, EMS is there. We've had two people that we've known this past year to die of choking. Two people have, healthy people, have died while choking on a piece of meat that we've known in the last year. And in one case, there were three doctors around, and they couldn't save them. So I really think they should have probably tried the Crico on them. But in any event, um, that, that's, a, that's a tough thing to do. But um, 
you can read about it and just remember it is a last resort but um, I've known people that have had to do it and they've saved lives. You can put a large 14, 12 to 14 gauge needle right below that Adam's apple and you can get air in there. Um, but hopefully EMS is coming. But don't give up on them. And um, so these are, these are just practical tips. You should probably have a kit, a medical kit in your house that has a good pair of strong scissors and, you know, you need some galls and a tourniquet in case of bleeding for certain situations um, so just be prepared you know here we are in spring summer's around the corner and uh, I just think everybody should should think about um, how to perform some emergency services so know the steps and keep calm so I hope this helps I'll see you next week